0: love and light in, and loss, we're going break down that thing called hurt and pain. And of course, we'll shed some light only being a Listen up. There listen is a thing now. that's called <sighs> entertainment. That's where you're entertained in, and educated at in, the exact same time. Now. Kind of like what I call being inspired tune and motivated. And of course, I call now. that motivation. <laughs> Lean in, listen up Welcome to OMG, the O'Mara Gale Radio Show. I'm your host, Mara Gale, actress, author, evangelist, and content creator. I'm believing this will be a Maravational experience. Our intent is to empower, inspire, motivate, and equip. We broadcast the beauty of beginnings by sharing God's promises through personal stories. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to OMG. We hope you become a long time listener. And for those that have been rolling with me for a while, thank you for adding such sweetness to my hot tea. There is something here for everyone. So be sure to tune in, lean in, and listen up on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. We're keeping it real. Real triumphs, real tragedies, real tips tools, and truths. And my special guest today is Benetta Perry. She is a Christian author and And her book is entitled From His Word to My Heart, Discovering the Will of God, that features tasty nuggets of personal accountability. In today's episode, we're going to unpack what personal accountability is, why we need it, and how do we implement it into our daily lives. And I can't wait for you to taste the nuggets she drops about how she taught her sons how to overcome giants' challenges and difficulties. It's something she started when they were only five years old that has helped them to know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And guess what? (laughs) What she taught them? you can do also. And of course, we touch on why Christians lie. Mm, mm, mm. We know that it's true, but we really don't have to. You don't have to lie. So we're going to help you break free from that today. I feel somebody's help coming. Let's open up this conversation and bring in my special guest.
1: Okay, you guys, I am super excited to welcome to the conversation a personal friend and a woman of whom I call Big Sister. Please welcome to the conversation none other than my friend, Bonetta Perry. Welcome, Bonetta. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Mara. (laughs) (laughs) You are more than welcome. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation because, you know, you have a tell it like its and a a shoot-straight, no-chaser kind of approach to things. But before we unpack our topic, which, of course, our topic is just own up to it. It's about personal accountability. I first want to uh, ask a question uh, that I generally ask everyone that comes on my show. It's my way of, of pulling back the proverbial curtain, if you will, to give my listeners some insight and background about who I'm allowing to talk to them and speak into them because it, it shares with them some things you've survived. So I want to know what has been the greatest challenge of your faith or a challenge or difficulty that you've experienced that 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 God helped you overcome or that you just didn't know how you were going to get out of, but it really kind of changed or shifted the way that you do things or the way that you proceed it. Thank
2: you, Mara. That is a great question. And um, what comes to mind is the situation I was in um, once my mother in 2016 um, was at her end of life um, due to complications of Alzheimer's. She was Mm. in her late 80s. My dad was in his late 80s, early 90s, and um, she died. And I Mm. lived in uh, Pflugerville, Texas at the time. So I... Thought that the plan was for me to bring my father back to Plover, Texas with me and we just live out our life there. I had a brother there mm-hmm. who also was fishing a lot so I had a great church home that my father can get involved in being he was a pastor of 30 something years so I just thought that was going to be the vision and that didn't mm-hmm. happen so I was wow. in a major crisis of my life being that I owed less than $30,000 on my home, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't see where the Lord was leading me. And I was at a crossroads of what am I going to do. And starting over was not my vision. It, it was not my vision. So I had to really seek the Lord's face in that yeah. he led me to look for a job in Shreveport. I was retired. I got a job in less than two weeks. People here was looking for jobs for months. I got one in two weeks, moved here, sold my home in Texas, built a custom home here right around the corner from my dad, and I was able to minister daily not only to my father but to aunties that lived here and a an uncle that lived here. And so my whole life changed in a way that I couldn't see it. I would not have uh, desired it per se. It wasn't my vision, my goal. I had plans. So the move to Shreveport, Louisiana, changed the complete course of my life in um, ministering to my um, family members. My aunt and uncle have since died, late nineties, mm-hmm. and then I still have an aunt, and my father's here, who'll be ninety-four next year. So. He said that wow. there is nothing greater than me being here now at this juncture in his life. He he couldn't see it being any other way, and this was truly the God's God's plan for me. Wow. So that was wow. the greatest challenge: is going into an unknown direction that I had my life mapped out after retirement,
1: and it didn't include this. Mm well you know let me first say uh offer my sincere condolences so sorry to hear about your loss but so grateful to hear that in the midst of your plan uh god had the perfect plan and that you were in a um a, a, your spirit was willing to be able to make the trek and 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 revamp and readjust everything because of course Your father being the age that he is now, God knew this end before you even began that first step to finding out about listing the house and and seeking a job and then to know his favor was on you to get this uh uh-huh. this job within 2 weeks and people had been looking for jobs for months and possibly years Mom. just goes to show that God was making sure that the the that kind of like he parted the red seas of your world yes. he parted the red yes. seas of your world to allow you to be in position to get all the blessings and therefore allowing your aunt and your uncle your late aunt and uncle to be blessed by your deposit and your daddy, of course, to be forever grateful, uh, the, the none other exactly. than Pastor Blake. Oh, that is an awesome, awesome, um, story. You know, listeners, you know, one of the things I love to do is to shine a light on that because it gives you Encouragement when you find yourself at a crossroad and you find yourself in a in a difficult situation, but you got to know if you're listening to God that He will never lead you or guide you to someplace He won't provide for you. So, so let's go ahead and jump into this topic. Just own up to it is what I call it. Um, but in layman's terms, it basically means personal accountability, and that's one of your your strong suits. You know, you've got so many gifts and talents. You know, we're going to talk about your book a little bit later, and and your YouTube channel and the way you minister to others through Bible study and through practical, simplistic uh, teaching. But let's unpack this personal accountability. Um, When we speak of personal accountability, let me ask first, why do you think it's important that people have it? I think in order for any individual who have come to
2: know the Lord, um, in order for us to please God, for us to put a smile on Daddy's face, we have to have accountability to him, as in yes. lying, as in doing whatever we do. We It starts first with who do I see in that mirror? Who am mm-hmm. I in my quiet moments? Who am I behind the scenes? Because God's eyes, daddy eyes are everywhere. So if I'm only pretending to be one way in your eyes, people eyes, at church, at work, But a completely different way when you're not around, what matters most is what daddy sees. So that's accountability. That foundation has to be firm before you go anywhere, in my opinion.
1: Mm -hmm. Got it. You know, one of the the nuggets that you just said in, in, in sharing that was basically. Who are you when no one else is around? Because God is always around. Amen. You know, and that's the truth. You know, people play patty cake with God in church and they're patty caking with God with their Christian friends. But then at work, you know, they're talking out the side of their mouth or in the streets, you know, when they go in the stores or running errands. They're a totally different person. And so basically what I hear you saying is no matter who you're around, God is always there. So so whatever right. you're saying and doing in front of him that's going to be the main thing. That's going to be uh why it's important because he knows what you're doing. Even exactly. when I your friend or your sister or your coworker or your pastor doesn't know what you're doing. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Amen <laughs> right, on so, that. So, and that so, is true <laughs>
2: accountability.
1: Yes, it is. So let me ask this. Um, does
2: everyone need it? There's no area in your life where you do not need accountability, not one area. Mm. I need accountability in my health. I can go to the doctor. I can tell the doctor whatever I want to tell them, and then they're going to diagnose me based on what I say and test results. But I can lie because Mm. I know when I get home, am I accountable to my health? Mm. Am I accountable to my children, my babies? Mm. Or do I just have them looking great when they go outside that door? But what am I doing with them inside the home? Am I accountable, as we say, to the Lord? Am I accountable to my employer when I go to work? They are expecting me to act a certain way and do a certain thing on the job. They're paying me. So accountability goes across all areas of
1: life, period. Mm.
2: That's the foundation.
1: That that is fantastic how you open that thing wide up, your health, your, your children, your employer. And, you know, people will rob from their bosses in a minute. Uh In different ways, you know when they're physically in the office, and of course, while we're uh away from the office and you're doing work at home uh God sees if you still that time if you lie on that timesheet if you're if you're doing multitasking doing social media when you should be working for the person that's paying your bills, and then there's also financial accountability, so you're right, we all need it, and it's it's across Aww. the board in every aspect of our life. so let me ask this um Bonetta. How do we get it? How do we get personal accountability, or how do we get someone to uh, either assist us with the accountability or uh, set, set our mind on it? Let's try to unpack a few tips that we can help people get to the space where they not only know that it's important, but that they understand that they need it. Well, the first thing, and this will bleed
2: into my book, okay, From His Word Mm -hmm. to My Heart, Discovering the Will of God, because the foundation is accountability in every area. And the way we get there is I first have to have a willingness to please God first. Second is like, well, I do want to please God. I'm pleasing God. Well, are you really? So the book digs deep into specifics. For example, I have one chapter in there about uh, uh, being an employee. If you're there and you have a program at work, after work, are you making copies of the program?
1: Mm.
2: So if you're making copies of the program, you have to come to the accountability point of that's not right. I'm stealing from my employer. I am on the committee, but you cannot, You that's, I'm, in order for the Lord to hold you accountable, you can no longer make those copies on your job. You can no longer do that. And so you have to start fresh with are my actions, are my actions um um right before the Lord? Do they align with his word? Let's just call it what it is, that's stealing. You can say, oh, well, I'm just making a few copies. I'm just getting a few ink pens and pencils for my children. You know, we need some pencils, so I'll just grab a whole box of pencils from the supply cabinet and take it home so that we can have some pencils um, for Vacation Bible School. No, nobody knew you took it, but the Lord knew you took it. So accountability starts with acknowledging that the behavior that you're doing, although secret, is not aligned with God's Word. Then once you acknowledge that behavior and some of those points support put on in the book to show you you, then you're like, oh, my God, I need to stop that. I need to repent of that. I need to repent of that behavior and stop that behavior.
1: That's, that's good. That's a great uh, tip to, to share with folks how they actually can get it. It's, it's Do the assessment. You know, be aware of what you're doing, what your behavior is. Because sometimes things are on automatic pilot. They've been doing things for exactly. so long. They don't even think about it as a sin. There are there are several conversations that people have all the time where they don't mm-hmm. even realize, we those who know you, we know what's behind that. Or we know that curtain and why are you not um, owning up to it? And why are you not allowing a light to shine on it so that it can yeah. be changed, so that you can be delivered, so that you can be set free? That's some good Bonetta, um, And, you know, I was, yeah. I was going to ask one of the questions I was going to ask is how does, does, does accountability affect your life and your life choices? Um, and you, you really touched on that because if you're not accountable to your health, we know what'll happen. You'll be on pills, medication, or in a hospital or in a wheelchair, you know, sooner than you should be. If you don't have accountability in your, um, with your children, they'll they'll run amok or okay. you'll, you know, so, so, You've pretty much answered even that question because accountability, as you mentioned, goes into all areas of your life. So let me pivot a little, and I want to go into this. Um, this there's a phrase and a and a and a, a statement that you've shared with me, and we talked about, and I want to kind of unpack that because it's both funny, but it is serious. Why mm-hmm. Christians lie? <laughs> you know, I, 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 okay. I can't even wrap my head around the why, but. It's true, and so I'd like you to kind of take some time and unpack that. And once we unpack this, I want to go ahead and open up the lines to to see if anybody has a has a question. Um, they can just go ahead and uh, email me, or if you're on the uh, actual line, I'm going to actually let you know when you can come in. I'll call out the last four digits of your number. So why don't you go ahead and um, so you guys prepare your questions, uh, listen to this one, so that if you've got something to say about it, you can. Why? Christians lie, Benetta. Okay.
2: Here are a few reasons why Christians lie. They are uncomfortable to hurt your feelings.
1: Mm. They
2: want something from you that if you reveal the truth, they may get a no. They are living under the manipulation and deceptive of Satan and his powers because Satan is the father of lies. They are just, in general, like mess, gossip, and drama. Mm. Their tongue is not under control. They have low self-esteem and want to appear bigger than what they really are. So they exaggerate their situation. Mm. They've been taught to lie as a child. Just taught to lie. Tell them I ain't
1: home. Mm. Oh, my goodness. How many of you guys, I know my listeners are like, yeah, your parent would say, tell them I'm not home or don't answer the doorbell. Act like we're not here. And and you've been taught that at a young age. At a young age. You're taught to lie at a young
2: age, and you're not thinking anything of it. Yeah, don't tell tell dad or mom where we went today, okay? You're teaching Mm. that child to lie, okay? Tell your teacher you were sick. I just forgot and you missed the bus, so we're just going to stay home today and have a, a fun day, okay? So you're not really intentionally thinking through what you're doing, but in actuality, you are teaching them to be a liar and a good one at that. Um, you don't want to be bothered with a person. Somebody calls you and you just lie, oh, my God, I got so much to do today. And you have nothing to do today because you can't tell the truth because it's going to hurt their feelings. So you lie and you say you have a lot to do because you don't want to be um, bothered and then other just evil. I mean, the the heart is deceitfully deceitful. Um, as according to the word in Jeremiah and James, no human contains the tongue. It's evil, full of deadly poison. Um, and uh, it's just so much in God's word about the tongue being the deadly arrow. It speaks deceitfully. With their mouths, they speak cordially to their neighbors, but their heart sets a trap for them in Jeremiah 9 8. So Christians lie for a gamut of reasons. Like I say, starting from little, being taught all the way up to I want something from you. And if I tell you the truth, you're going to say no. Other than that, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Oh, my God, Sister Perry, you think this cake is delicious, knowing it tastes like cardboard. But (laughs) black churches... when we get into our church, we have we eat well, we believe in cooking, and nobody wants to tell the truth of don't put that dish on my plate, that does not taste good. You don't have to hurt a person's feelings to tell the truth. you cannot mm. you can just say that's not my cup of tea, it's not I want a cup of tea that's yeah i don't it it, it wasn't for me, versus saying, "Oh my God, this is so good, that is such a lie, it's not good, it doesn't taste good, that outfit doesn't look good, just like, oh my God, you have off oh, that's interesting." It's interesting. That's true. It's interesting. It's not for you or your body style. So we just, I'm not saying going around just give your information to people, but there are so many people come to you and it's like, oh, my God, do you like this? And you're going to say, oh, I love it. It's cute. It's not. It's not flattering. It doesn't look good. It's too V-cut. I would tell young ladies at my church, baby, that's V-cut. Your, your chest jumping out at me is not cute to me. So, so you ask me that is, all I see is breath, pull it up, go put something under it, or don't ask Sister Perry what it looked like because it's not cute to me. because so, I can't see the dress,
1: Sister Perry. Let me ask this because there's also that whole thing. Because you just brought that up, I want to I want to pivot to it just for a little bit. But I really I want to get back to the whole lie thing. You know, one of the other challenges, of course, in the church is the whole, uh, especially in in black churches. I'm not sure of what it's like in in other churches, but when a person may be new at church or a person is visiting church. You know, is it appropriate to say that kind of thing to someone who you don't know? Now, I noticed you said that the person asked you. Okay, great. I wanted to make sure that we made
0: thank you. Thank you. you. I wanted to
1: perfect. I wanted to make sure we made that abundantly clear so that that the listeners understand she is not doing a blanket statement saying you can't wear V necks or you can't you know wear whatever you wear because this is the deal. We know and understand the word says come as you are. It is when somebody feels. So uncomfortable in some clothing that they have to ask. And I have a rule. If you have correct. to ask, it probably is. If you have okay, to ask that's... if the skirt is too short, it probably is too short. If you have to look in the mirror and go, ooh, am I showing too much before I, you know, to wear this to church? Then usually that is the Holy Spirit trying to correct the action in order to set you on a course where you aren't confronted or you're not feeling uncomfortable. Or you're not pulling at your clothes, trying to pull them down or causing a a minister or a man of God or or some men with sexy shirts on causing women to stumble. It can be a distraction. Now, that's not saying do not come as you are. That's not what we're saying. We're merely saying if someone is inquiring of her, she's going to give them the truth in love so that they can then um, recover. That's perfectly (laughs) clarified. And Thank you for clarifying
2: it because I'm talking about young ladies who I have an established relationship with who come to me privately and ask me about something. That they have on, Perfect. and at that point, Perfect. truth comes out, and I don't have to lie about it to make them feel good. So I'm not. So I thank you for clarifying
1: that. Okay. Oh no problem. I know I know how people will hear something and go, um, that's not it. So I wanted to make sure because I I knew what you meant from that. Okay, so I want to open up the conversation in case there's somebody out there that that has a question. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll call out your last four digits of your number, but let me give the phone number. So for those that want to call in, you'll have some time to do that. It's three four seven. Three two four five two four six. That's three four seven three two four five two four six. And you'll just press one to be added into the queue. Oh, we have a caller. Uh, the last four digits are seven seven one eight. Caller, you're on the line with Bonetta and Mara Gale. Oh my goodness! I'm so excited um, to be um, one. I'm just having a question to be answered. This is such an intriguing conversation. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, my name is TV, and um, the question that I had is kind of attached to accountability, but uh, what about if you're in a um, relationship with somebody and you believe that they are not, um, one, accountable to themselves and then in the relationship, and I'm speaking of a spouse, or a serious relationship like that, like a man-woman relationship. I mean, what do you do in that case when you see it or you see the signs that the accountability is not there? And I call it a lack of integrity as as well. What would be your advice? Very good question, TV. Thank you so much for asking it. And those that know me know I know this particular young lady, so I'm so grateful that you called in. And, Benetta, I'll let you chime in first, and then I'll piggyback if there's a need. Thank you for that question. Uh, in a spousal
2: relationship, first of all, I'm going to make some assumptions that there's some equally yokeness going on here, right, because it's it's, it's difficult to um, dissect that if one person only is trying to follow the word of God and the other one is living according to the world. So, you know, that that's the problem right there, and integrity is, is a byproduct, right. So we have some... And it starts small with um, uh, the spouse coming in, just real small, hiding stuff that that has been bought or purchased. You know, it starts small. Then it starts building upon that with hiding and lying about other things. It starts small before it becomes a real problem. And when it becomes a real problem, that's when the other spouse probably finds out about it and, and brings it to your attention. Now, I got to justify my actions. Now I got to spend doctorate versus just come clean on the behavior. So what do you do when you, I have to say, discover that one spouse has lack of integrity and uh, little to no accountability to first of all themselves, let's start right there, and then to the Lord If there's no accountability there, I don't know how you expect to get accountability to the other spouse. If the accountability to the Lord, which, again, I go back to me, is foundational. If that accountability is not there, then all others won't be there as well. And so it it goes back to why? Root cause. Root cause for me. Why is that behavior happening? Why are you sneaking and Spending money and hiding it. Why are you not forth? Why are we not having these discussions as a couple? You know why are you sneaking and hiding and lying? Okay, why are you outside smoking and knowing you're not supposed to be smoking? Why are you eating? I see paper in the car where you've been killing burgers and fries, knowing we're trying to eat healthy for our health. But you're but you're sneaking. You have no integrity, no accountability to your health, to the finances, to the marriage. Why? I would say root cause is there's no accountability to the Lord for that personal individual because it's personal. And if I'm not accountable to the Lord, I'm sorry. I just don't see how I'm
1: going to be truly accountable to my spouse. That's good. That's good. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tag on to that. And in addition to that, I'm going to also open it up in case. Um, we're, we're dealing with people who may not know the Lord, who who may not be saved and may not be walking with the Lord. So I want to first say, I usually have this phrase that I say men and kids or women and kids need to know these things in a relationship. One, who's in control? Two, are there any rules? And three, will they be enforced? Because if you say you're in control and, and you say you have rules, and you, and you don't enforce them, guess what? You're not in control and you really don't have rules. And, and so when you have that as your, um, let's say umbrella or foundation, then it's really kind of hard when someone, uh, steps outside of that. If they don't, if, if you say you have rules and you're enforcing them and someone doesn't want to adhere to those, and I'm talking rules about yourself. Suppose, for example, just to give a hypothetical, suppose you, you're dating. Uh, and we're talking about marriage, but suppose, and this is to just broaden it up because your question brought up so much, um, suppose you're dating and you're accountable to yourself and you're and you're a Christian, and you're dating somebody who says they're a Christian and you're dating somebody who says they're a Christian and you're in control of you and you have some rules. And your rules may be, I'm not going to have sex until I'm married. And this person doesn't necessarily respect those rules and want to kind of push the envelope on it. Well, if you give in to that, when you say you had a rule, then they now know you, A, aren't in control B you really don't have rules and C they'll never be enforced so so if you give in there you give in and you continue to give in and that can be brought in into any place if you say you're a Christian and you say you have rules and you don't steal or you don't lie and then someone is with you and they happen to see that the waitress gave you twenty dollars more and instead of you giving the money back you say "Ooh, the lord didn't bless me you're a liar And now you just show this person you don't have any integrity. So all of those things can be uh, uh, cross-prepared or, I'm sorry, cross-applied to any different area of your life. But to speak more specifically on the question that you just asked, uh, TV, about accountability, I think one of the major things is the ground rules and the guardrails that we put in place. Um, in a marriage and it doesn't have to be done pre it works better if you've done it before you get married but once you're in the marriage once you start identifying those guardrails and those rules for the relationship then there are uh, systems that should be in place so that if one starts getting out of order or one starts as as Benedict said, you know, lying small lies, little foxes become big foxes that's just they grow up that's what they do or there's no personal accountability nobody in their life that speaking that they listen to that they'll actually take advice from or you can't even speak to them because they don't even value or uh your wisdom or your counsel as their partner and co-labor in a situation these are what I call orange and potentially red flags because if a person isn't saved, or if a person is saved, if they don't have accountability to themselves and they don't allow their spouse to be a part of these of decisions or their spouse to have input, feedback, and insight into their behavior at times, then it's already fractured. you know, so it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to get there. You can go to counseling, you can you can if if verbal communication isn't. Um, an option you can do written mm-hmm. communication you can there are certain methods that, and tools that you can pull out of the toolbox to try to make that conversation or make that conversation easier to have to be had because men don't like to hear when you say I want to talk. (laughs) They just automatically believe they're in trouble or there's a problem. I have a phrase that I say, let's have a safe zone conversation. And what that means is the relationship isn't on the line and we can have this talk whenever you want to, but give me a date. Let's put it in the book. And that way they pick the time, whoever has offended or whoever is out of line, be it the husband or the wife uh, or the boyfriend or the girlfriend. And you set a time outside of when you're angry. And outside of when emotions and feelings may cause uh, exactly. the, the 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 conversation to be cantankerous or, or frustrating. So those are some of the things that I'd suggest have a safe zone conversation, put some rules and guardrails in place and make sure, you know, if you're in control and you have rules that you will enforce them. Um, so thank you so much for that question. We're going to take a little short commercial break and we're going to come back on the other side and we're going to talk with uh, Bonetta about her book And we're going to talk with her about her YouTube channel because I want my listeners, I want all of you guys to know some of this great content that's out there that I believe can uh, help and assist you in your walk with God in very simplistic uh, way She has a unique way of breaking things down to the marrow. So, this is my community. And of course, group. I want my a to guest having today is none other so than the medical will be right <laughs> so back go to her on parties. the other side of this break. <laughs> It'd really be nice to dine in instead of getting delivery for a change. So, I can feel safe and protected
2: for myself and my students. We each have our own reason for why we're getting vaccinated
1: against COVID 19. What will yours be? Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for information on the COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, welcome back to OMG, the Omar Gale Radio Show. I'm your host, Mara Gale, actress, Arthur, and evangelist. And my special guest today is none other than Bonetta Perry. She is an Arthur, she's a speaker, and she is one of my personal good friends. And um, on this side of the break... We want to take an opportunity to kind of talk about some of the tools that I believe could help you grow in your walk with God. And if you know some people who are even new to this, this Christian walk, I believe that this is a great way to introduce them to some of the, uh, to some of the ways that they can actually begin to know God's heart and uh, about some areas of their personal life. So, so Benetta, let's talk a little bit about your book. Uh, your book, From His Word to My Heart, and the caption is Discovering the Will of God. And let me tell you, I found this book to be, uh, very informative. It was in simplistic terms so that you, you spelled out in a real easy way, you know, what it's like if you're shacking up or what it's like if you're uh, doing something deceptive or saying something that, uh, that is inappropriate and, and it's the stories that you tell behind these lessons that give us insight into how we may be secretly doing these things and may just have never called it what it really was. So, so why don't you talk first? I want to know, uh, what made you write the book because that's always an interesting question to ask because people kind of You know, until there's a burden for something, usually you don't write it. So share with me what made you write from his word to my heart. Well, thank you, Mara. And what really
2: got me going in writing this particular book, Discovering the Will of God, is from my youth, I have always struggled with the will of God for my life everyone at what is the will of God for your life? What is the will of God for my life? I've gone to classes. I've gone to seminars. I've talked to ministers. I've talked to teachers at my church and my Sunday school. What is the will of God for my life? And it seemed to be such an elusive question. It's like what I could Mm. never get an answer. And that's because the Lord showed me I was looking to, I was trying to make it be too complex. I was trying to get an answer that was a five-step answer. Okay, this, this, this is how it happens. This is how you discover where it goes, just like this is how you cook spaghetti or something. And that's not true. It's not deep. It's not complex. It's very simple of how to please our Lord and how to put a smile on his face. And the Lord gave that vision to me and had me to write it down so that the average layman who may or may not ever go to Sunday school – and who may not attend church every Sunday, would still understand how they can be in God's will. And that starts with, boom, personal accountability, just the root cause of what are you doing in your life? You know what you're doing. Now, how can you make that be pleasing to God? What is the will for, what is God's will on a daily basis in my daily walk, not some deep walk, just my daily walk? my daily life, and that's why I wrote it because I believe that I could answer that question through the help of the Holy Spirit in a simplistic manner, giving examples that people could relate to to show them if this is you, you're out of the will of
1: God, and this is how to get in the will of God, stopping that behavior. That's good. I thank you. I thank you so much for saying that. And, you know, when you said you wrote it because you were seeking it, You were seeking the answer that the Holy Spirit gave you (laughs) to actually pen in a book. And and that's sometimes why someone actually does a thing. When an absence of something is present, (laughs) isn't that an interesting phrase? When the absence of something is present, that's when you Uh should fill the void. When there is a need for something. Um, And and that's one of the the best tools for when you create something, create a product when there is a need or a void, when there is a void for something, when we needed to figure out how to get to a place quicker, uh, automobiles were created when there was when we needed to get there quicker than in a car, you know, trains were created when we needed to get there lightning fast, like in a matter of a couple of hours planes were created it is always out of a need that something is created and so i'm so glad to hear that that was the reason that you did it not you know not for any other you know sometimes people write for different reasons but i'm so glad to hear that yours was because of a need you thought it couldn't get an answer and then you realized, oh snap i'm looking for steps i'm looking for a recipe i'm looking for the do a b c and d and you'll end up at you know f and g Right. Uh, and, and that wasn't the case. So that's great to know. So my, my my next question to you, now that we know why you wrote the book, um, what's some of the things that, you know, what's some of the feedback maybe that you've gotten from the book? You know, I'm sure uh, that people have been blessed by it, encouraged, you know, but can you share with our listeners some of the responses you may have received? Absolutely. I would love
2: to do that. One young lady came on my job. She came to my desk, and she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, can I have a hug? I just looked at Mm -hmm. her, and I stood up, and I said, "Uh, well, yeah, I'm thinking she's going to give me a prayer request or something traumatic is going on in her life, or maybe she just got laid off. I didn't know. Because she just yeah. looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, can I have a hug? I said, sure. So I stood up, and I gave her a hug, and she hugged yeah. me and hugged me, and then she pulled back, and she said, you have changed my life. And I'm looking, and I was like, what are you talking about? I had no idea what she was talking about, because that nice. is exactly how the conversation went. She said, you've changed my life. I say, okay, how? <laughs> You know, she said, I just finished reading your book, and I am going to live my life differently. She said, you wrote this book for me. She said, I don't care if nobody else tell you anything. You wrote it for me. My life has changed. I'm going to do differently before the Lord. I fell on my face before the Lord because so many of those chapters was how I'm living right now. And I'm going to change my mm-hmm. life. And she's crying. She said, I'm going to change my mm-hmm. life. you changed my life. You showed me me, and I'm stopping right now. And I wanted to come down here and thank you for changing my life. I, it, it, it it blows me away. But, I, but I, that
1: I, I, is uh, just the testament, you know, to, to how God can use a person if you're available. If we do what he tells us to do, even if it's one person. Even though we know it's beyond one that. Person. But if we do it with one person in mind, meaning, Lord, if my word and the way you've given it to me just helps one person mm-hmm. get to where I yeah. am, meaning to understand that there is personal account- accountability that has to be had, and more importantly, that 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 I know my place or that I know your will for my life. If one person grasps it, then that, that's, 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 that's the assignment, achieved. You know, but to hear her Amen. say you change her life, she she got on her face Thanks and she's going to start living differently from that day to ne- going yeah. forward means yeah. there was a um you know, it's it's in, in some uh circles, people call it a light bulb moment. And in, in, in Oprah's uh-huh. uh, uh stratosphere, it's the aha moment. You know, whatever uh-huh. it is that helps you get it in order to change and that's repentance, right? That's what it really is. It's yes, repentance. Yes, when you when yes, you hear something that yes. is either rama, meaning applicable right now, just for you, or you yes. finally grasp it like a cold gets unlocked and you're like, Ooh, I see me in this situation in mirror, and ouch my toes are hurting. There yes. you go. Yes. Oh, that's she good. Found that's in a the she found, yeah, who
2: are you? When you look in the mirror, who do you see? She saw who she was. This book opened her eyes. The scales fell off her eyes, and when she looked in the mirror, she saw who she was before a holy God, and realized mm-hmm. she was not in His will. His will is mm-hmm. to do His will and be obedient to the Word. That's it in a nutshell. Be obedient to the Scriptures. But a lot of people not going to find specifics. They can try to do black and white in the Scriptures. Well, I don't see that in the Scripture. I don't see no. It's there. It's there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do his deal. Let's start with not the controversial, but let's just start with what we do agree on. Let's just start with what that's we agree good. on. So my book written on what we mm-hmm. agree on. not any controversial topic. It's all the will
1: of God that's black and, mm. black and white. What are some of the other examples out of the book that uh that could also help our listeners? Because of course they're hearing you and I speak about this book um paint a picture okay. of maybe, you know, a, a, an example of one of the stories out the book or uh, share with them a couple of the, the titles of the chapter so they can kind of get some insight as to where the book kind of goes so that they'll know, oh my, okay. that could be me or that's my backyard or that's my basement. Got it. And so all of my chapters in my books are called
2: nuggets because I like to mm-hmm. think of it as i just like to drop a little nugget. I'm not trying to get deep. I'm just trying to sow a seed to give you a little nugget for you to chew on and marinate on and then go before the Lord to see how that seed affects your life. But one, um, exactly. the, five, the six chapters are flee fornication. That, that should come across a lot of paths. The renewing of renewing. your mind. What are you thinking? God cares about what you think. Integrity on the job. God cares about what type of servant you are at your job. He's blessed you with a job. What are you doing? How? What kind of witness do you have on a job? And I'm not talking about witness talking to people about the Lord. What kind of employee are you? Thankful heart. God cares about the issues in my heart. Am I thankful to him? And the last one, um, suffering for doing good. It's God's will that we know how to suffer and suffer well. Because there's rain and sunshine. It rains on the just and unjust just as the sun shines on the just and unjust. How do we handle when things don't go our way? Are we still in the will of God in that suffering? So in each of these areas, in fornication and in renewing of your mind, what am I thinking? Am I pleasing God in my thoughts? Am I pleasing God in my heart? Am I living right? I'm talking about those that have said Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Are you living according to His will? And this and these are some of the chapters. And not only do I give real life examples, real life examples, then at the end I give you a way to correct it, some steps to go mm. to correct it because it's just not an overnight. Okay. Uh, i just stop cold turkey. Some things cannot be done overnight. Some things is a process. So I give you real steps of how you can move toward that change. A prayer of repentance before the Lord and, um, and, and after each chapter, a prayer of repentance. First, you have to realize, this is me and I want it to I want to give this area of my life, of my home, this room to the Lord. It, it, it's you are like a house. I want to give this room to the Lord. So I acknowledge that I'm not accountable to him. I'm not in his will. In this specific manner, here are some steps provided to help you to move toward his will. And here's a prayer of repentance. And that's the format that's of my book, good. all in a simplistic way so you don't have to be a deep scholar. You're worry about, it. well, I've never read the Bible before. I don't go to church much. If you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and you want to give each area of your home to him, your life to him, then my book will reveal that to you and help you to get to change because that's the bottom line, getting to change so that you can be in his will.
1: That's good, and um, I, of course, I purchased the book when it first came out, and then you were generous enough to also sew into Pastor January a copy of the book, and and those were some of the things that we noticed. These were nuggets, you know, and, and that's nuggets. what made it so, uh, that's what made it kind of come off the page, is when you have things in bite-sized um, ways to be able to chew and to process, you're nine, nine times out of ten better able to grasp the The concept or grasp the lesson that's being put before you, because if if someone has been a Christian for 20 years and they're still struggling with the same thing, then you doing an exegesis on the word or giving me the hermeneutic hermeneutic explanation of it or breaking down the Greek uh, of it is not going to help me stop what I'm doing. But so yes, when you break it down you. to the marrow and you do what you've done, which is practical examples, simplistic examples, right. and and I love the formula of the book. It's, it's the acknowledge, which is confess, acknowledge that this is what you're doing so that you can confess it's the same way we come to the Lord, right? You've written a yes, book with yes. a formula just like we come to the Lord. And so this is, okay... Yeah. You came to the Lord in a certain way. So I know you know how to do it. You've, you've asked him to come into your heart. You've, you've confessed mm-hmm. him as your Lord and savior. And you've, 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 uh, told him, Hey, I'm ready to, to roll with you. Basically, I'm ready for you to, to put me under your wing, come into my life. And you've accepted yes. him and you do this prayer and then you end, you, you give your life to the Lord. You have taken that same formula because we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just have to make the wheel applicable to help people get out of exactly. their quicksand of sin. And that's what you've done. You've helped people acknowledge and confess, that's first. And then steps to correct the area of struggle you've given as like a a free, this gift I give to you. Free steps to help you get out of your situation or your struggle. And then last but certainly not least, you've offered a simple prayer of repentance at the end of each chapter so that if they don't have the words or the way, you've actually given them some simplistic ways that they can say this prayer of repentance based on if it's fornication or, or, or if they've got right. thinking, thinking and need to renew it's, their it's, mind it. or, or if they don't have integrity of their job, or if they aren't in gratitude, meaning having a thankful heart or, or if they're still, if, let me, let me go here because I want to, I want to unpack this just a little bit. Um, I'm a piggyback. I'm going to put a pin in that for just a second. You talk about uh, in one of the chapters, suffering for good. And, and you, you kind of unpacked a little bit of it, but I think that that's an area that, that could use a little more, um, light. Because I think, like you said, Christians don't believe they should go through anything bad. You confess him and you rolling with him and now everything is peaches and rainbows and butterflies. But that's not, uh, uh, what, what this walk is about. And, and you said it right. Learn how to, you, you sometimes have to suffer for doing good. And you have yeah. to learn how to suffer well. But for, for some layman or for some baby Christian or for some non-Christian who may not understand the concept of suffering well, because that doesn't just have to be for Christians. You can be a non-believer and know how to handle a storm. So so why don't you share, just take a couple of minutes and share with those that are tuned in, because you may everyone may not be a Christian. They may be of another faith or they may not be saved at all. Why don't you share just a practical way that one can suffer well, or or endure a challenge, or weather a storm. What's a, what's a way they can put their mind on something, uh, or or set set their compass of their mind, I should say, in order to weather a storm or their heart even. Well, one of the first steps I would say in how you would weather a
2: storm is first sit down, think about it, and maybe write it down because. Once you write it, you can remember, you can read it again, of a struggle you went through, of a storm you went through, that you know the Lord brought you through. So I I would say draw on your past victory. Draw on the past storm in your life, the past struggle that he brought you through, because I would stand on that as the foundation of he brought me through that one. He will bring me through this one. So I'm using Ooh, that one good. as like my foundation or my stepping stone. So that's one of the actions I would say, write down a situation that you in, a struggle that you survived, that you came through. And then we can start digging deep on same God back then, it's the same God mm. today. Right? You better say and that so, again. Did you say the same God? But yeah. so he God, ain't changing. It's not going to change. So if you can just dig deep, I know for those that's in pain, it's like, well, no, dig deep because God has brought you through a previous situation and he'll bring you through this one. But you have to reassure yourself and by remembering, remembering where he brought you from in another situation, write it down and say, God, you brought me through this one, you brought me through that one, you'll bring me through this one again.
1: That's and it, that's it, oh, and is how God. I would do it. That's good. That's good. That's a good nugget. See, she gives these nuggets, y'all. I'm telling you. Okay, so she. This is what's so deep. I have a similar way of approaching that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna t- talk on this for just a second. Remember, then remind yourself. So you're remembering to remind yourself, so that you can draw on that path, and then you can be reassured that he's the same God and if he did it before he'll do it again and that that right there let me tell you what you just did right there you've set so many people free let me tell y'all why y'all should be free from what she just said because once you see that you won before once you You see that that you that that God stepped in before it does a bigger thing for you it gives you a peace in the moment that you're in, it gives you a peace that surpasses your understanding. Because in the moment, you're still, you're like, oh my God, this problem is still here. And yeah, that problem would be still there. But knowing that he did something before means that he can do it again. Knowing that he was able to get you out of the, out of the lion's den of your life reassures you that he can do it again. Because he's what? The same God. Oh, Jesus. Thank if y'all God. don't get free from that, if y'all don't get free from that, you tie in your own hands. You're tying your own mind because yeah. God's word doesn't change and neither does he. And she just gave that nugget right there. But I wish every time somebody cried to me that about a nugget. problem that, 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 that I had that on the tip of my tongue. Now, one of the things I used to say, and I wrote about this in, in my book, Beyond Bless, I talk about writing down your problems that you're mm-hmm. currently in, because once you okay. put it on paper, it becomes small and manageable. See, objects in your mind appear larger in time. It's just like the phrase on the side of a rearview mirror. It says objects in the mirror appear larger. That means that a car is coming on the left side of you. is going to really seem big, even though it's further back. It's the same with our mind. When we keep it on our mind, that little small space, it makes the problem look mountainous. But when you write it down, it looks tiny. It looks manageable. It looks like it's an action item that I can cross off the list. So if they put, if, if our listeners, if you, if you're listening to us right now, if you can take what I'm saying, put your problem down on paper to see how small it is, and then do what Sister Bonetta said, which is write about it, talk about a past experience you remember to remind yourself to draw a pound so you can reassure yourself. You've now written it down, something that was a problem that seemed big that is now small, and you've reminded yourself that, that, that these problems that were big, There was a big God to handle them.
2: For my my sons, when they um, got maybe about five years old, for every birthday, Mm -hmm. I would tell them their one story, their miracle story. Each one of my sons have a miracle story. And starting at that fifth birthday, every birthday, I would tell them that miracle story because I wanted them to know God is working in your life even before you came to know him even before you were old enough to accept who he is as Lord and Savior, I would tell them their each one their story. And to this day, now they know the story of how the Lord touched their lives at a young age even before they decided to give their life to him. And so when you remember that, that same God touched me, it's the same God today who Amen. I have come to accept as my Lord and Savior. I'm going through a struggle. Okay, Mom, I'm going through this, that Okay, but remember what the Lord did for you when you were young. That was a miracle. Uh, Both of my sons have miracles in their lives, and I remind them: go back to that miracle. The same God who brought you through that miracle, that same God, as an adult now, will lead you through the storm and rain that you're going in at this moment.
1: You brought a tear to my eye, and you made my um, heart—I skip a beat in a good way. And I and I pray. That, that our listeners right now are catching these nuggets because you don't have to, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to remind your child of, of, of how God had them or, or where God kept them. But even more so, you can remind yourself. So you can remind yourself, she said, but in addition to that, how about paying it forward so that your seed, when they get to your Uh age and problems and mountains Uh and challenges arise, you've been instilling Uh something in them. And get this. Don't worry about if your kid is now 25 and you didn't think to do this when they were five. You can start today because guess what you do? When you tell your 25-year-old child their miracle story and you say, I'm giving you this story so that you'll know that before you knew God, this is what he did for you. And I'm telling you this Mm -hmm. because now you can prepare your child, my grandchild, so that they'll also be equipped with the same God can, who did that can do something for you too, so that they won't grow up in fear, and they won't grow up defeated, exactly. and they won't grow up believing that their problem will overtake them. They'll understand that they can tell the mountain to move because if they have the faith of a mustard seed, the mountain must move. banana O M G, to coin my own phrase, O M G, yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. I'm telling you,
2: discovering the will of God for your life does not have to be difficult. It's not difficult, and I will forever write any book I write, any video I post will be simple, so that you can see practical ways in your life where you can be in His will. And that was one. That was one in the
1: parenting area of so,
2: being in His will. So let
1: will. me ask. Let me ask this. You know, you now you've just opened up a whole other portal. So so. What gave you? Or what caused you? I don't even know. Like, what was the onus? What made you say, you know what? I'm gonna start telling my kids this. Like, I mean, I know your dad oh. was I a know. pastor in no, the of church. church. For how many years was your dad a pastor? First of all, let me say that. Thirty-seven years, and 37 my parents years. never did
2: that with me. Never did that with this. Was strictly the Holy mm. Spirit revealing to me to. As they say, train up a child in the ways you go. Let them know who the Lord yeah. is. I want them to know this is your story. God took them through that. I didn't know that they would live or die, but they lived. They recovered. Yeah. And so as as a result of that blessing, it says in the word, when they lie down, tell them about the Lord. When they rise up, tell them about the Lord. When they're at the table, tell them about the Lord. That's, again, being in his will being obedience to his words said, Tell your children, not just tell them Bible stories. I did tell them Bible stories, but I
1: needed to tell yes. them their story. Their story. Did it like and I told it did, it you day, did it come to you one day? But did it come to you one day where you just knew, okay, so tell me that real, we'll, you know, if you can. I I, one I like day It was revealed to, reveal to, kind of to me them.
2: that in as I go through Bible study and it talks about stones of remembrance right, of putting something Mm -hmm. on your doorpost of remembrance of the Lord. I'm like, I want my kids to know and remember the Lord. And it just came to me, remember, how am I going to do that? Because what's more important is how they know what God did for them versus how they knew Noah and the ark and the flood. Which one was going to be more relational beneficial to them? And the Lord just gave it to me and said, start your family tradition, Start your family tradition. And so we started our own family tradition, and that was telling them their story every year, rehearsing it over and over till they got it. And I, I, I do believe in praying to the Lord for your own family traditions, and, and I, I'm going to have more family traditions like that now that I have a granddaughter. So that's... Mm-hmm. How the Lord gave it to me. Start your own family traditions. It the scripture was teaching them when they rise up, when they go to bed, um, when they're eating. Continue to spread it to the generations, to the generations, to the generations. And I wanted to spread the generation of the goodness of the Lord, not just the generation of the of the Bible story. Mm-hmm. So I was being mm-hmm. obedient to the word in the parenting area in that script, and then heard a word on, on that particular sermon one day about, you know, teaching the children, but then the Lord
1: gave me the teaching in terms of their um testimony. No, that's uh that's fantastic. And and you all know the the, the story of the stones in the Jordan uh river. I'm sure yes. you are familiar with it as the touchstones, you know, and there were always these things so that people could remember uh, yes. where they had been and what they had gone through and what they had endured and how the Lord had brought them uh, out of a darkness or out of a situation. And that's another reason why it's so imperative and important that we write it down. A book of Habakkuk, 2-2 says, "Write the vision plain upon the table that he yes. to read it will run. And when you yes. begin to do that and make an account, 5 years, 10 years, some of the stuff you live now may seem, you know, like nothing. But when you look at it five years from now or ten years from now or even two months in some people's cases, you'll realize that God was always with you. He never left your side. And even when you may have turned your back or or pretended he wasn't there, he was always there and he was always carrying you. Um, so, Benetta, we're going to go ahead and close because our show okay. uh, has come to an end. But before we do, I want to ask you if you could share with our listeners uh, just some information: how they can reach out or find you, I should say, on social media. I know you have a YouTube channel. If you could share what days that maybe your your broadcast is live, or at least share where they can uh, follow you on social to then follow you on YouTube or vice versa. Uh, or if you have a website, share that information, and of course share where people can get your book.
2: Okay, thank you. Um, everything You're welcome.
1: can come from
2: Perry dot com. That's B E N E T T A. Perry dot com. On there, you will find um, my book. Uh, my book can be bought off Amazon dot com if you're a Prime member, and you can save some shipping. Or it can come directly from my store on BookBaby. All of that is on my website, BenettaPerry dot com. And I can be reached on Facebook or YouTube. My channel on Facebook and my channel on YouTube is Breakfast Nuggets with Ben. Breakfast Nuggets with Ben. So if you search on that on YouTube, you'll see all of the um, small topical teachings that I've uploaded. And then Breakfast Nuggets with Ben on Facebook is where I post, again, um, uplifting and challenging messages on um, Facebook. But my book can be found at com, where you can also um, reach me and reach out to me um, if you have a speaking engagement or something like that, that also comes from BenettaPerry.com.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. I, I so appreciate your nuggets. And uh, I've, I've, I've had wonderful morning uh, mornings where I've had the breakfast with Ben, either on YouTube or on Facebook. So I want to give a special thank you to my guest today, none other than Benetta Perry. And I want to thank you guys for listening and uh and, and tuning in, leaning in and listening up basically. Uh MaraVation Daily is served if you follow me on social media at Mara Gale. My fan page for my T V shows is uh The Real Mara on Facebook. But um, one of the things that I love to do is serve Mar- Maravation. It's a perfect blend of motivation and inspiration. And, of course, I have a YouTube channel. That's Mara Gale, And don't forget to subscribe. And you can always visit Maragale.com to see what I do, when I do it, what I've done, and where I'm going to be doing it next. And currently I have a film out where I play the wife of none other than Lawrence Fishburne, and it's available on iTunes as well as uh, Amazon. So hopefully you'll get a chance to check that out. And remember, you can always catch OMG, the Omar Gale Radio Show, on uptomeradio.com. That's up, the number two, meradio.com. And my show is also broadcast via podcast everywhere you listen to your podcasts, from Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, of uh, iHeartRadio as well as Apple Podcasts. We've enjoyed you. We hope you've enjoyed us. Be blessed, be encouraged. And most of all, for today's conversation, I want to remind you guys, be accountable. Be accountable to someone. Don't let this nugget get away from you. Taste it and then allow it to be digested. Be encouraged. Be blessed. Take care. Oh, oh.
0: can't wait to give you the answers to the question you've been wanting. Everyone likes to be heard and then listened to. So we want you to set your dial to OMG on Thursdays at 7 o'clock p.m. OMG.